we have some bumper music maybe, right? You can stand up. We're stepping out. Thank you, Joe Jackson. Last 1982. I had a mullet. It was looking good. Whoa, my goodness. Kill it. Somebody help me. Vitalis is here. Walk on down the aisle. Step on it down. Keep it going a little longer. It's very important that you get this. Because we're stepping out today. Into the night. Into the light. Okay? Call Joe. They want their song back, but thank you. Don't miss the lyric. Don't miss the subtlety of the lyric. You can have a seat. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, this morning, um, you know, it's like if we have the lyrics. Do you have just the lyrics? There we go. Now here's just part of this. Uh, now the mist across the window hides the lines, but nothing hides the color of the lights that shine. Electricity, so fine. Look and dry your eyes. We're so tired of all the darkness in our lives with no more angry words to say can come alive stepping out into the night into the light okay that's what we're actually uh talking about the next eight weeks uh randy um, is actually starting a series uh called 50 days of action for the last 50 days we've been back in that prayer room 24 7 experiencing god's power and love and so now it's time for 50 days of challenging each of us to give that power and love away. Okay? So that's really what, uh, what the next uh, eight weeks are going to be about. Uh, we actually have home groups that are starting, so you don't have to you know, feel like it's all on you to give all the love, love and power away on your own. You can do that with other people. So... Um, uh, okay, but this whole idea of like stepping into the night, stepping into the light, if you would stand with me, we're going to read about a guy, yeah, you can just stand up, we're going to read the scripture now, um, we're going we're gonna to actually read about a guy who actually was courageous enough to step into the night and step into the light, so let's read this together. During the fourth watch of the night, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., because I didn't know what time that was, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. 
when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. I'm not sure if that's how they sound. That sounded like Shaggy on Scooby-Doo. But Verse 27, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We can have a seat. Appreciate you guys reading along with me. It's always awkward because sometimes when the preacher says, we're going to read this, you're thinking, together? Is it just him? Is it all of us together? So thank you for just muddling through that with me. All right? Um, well, this, this whole idea of actually stepping out, um, Randy's got a great series of scriptures that he's going to be uh, teaching on all about the things we know we're sh- we should be doing. You know, we get saved, we get delivered, we get healed. And then Jesus says, okay, now that you've got it, now that you've been blessed, now it's your turn to give it away. It goes all the way back to Abraham in, in uh, Genesis 12, the Abrahamic covenant, where we learned that God blessed Abraham, and it was his desire that all the nations of the world would be blessed through him. Basically, I'm blessing you. I'm empowering you so that you can give that blessing away. And all the people on the earth will be saved. But we've got this little problem. Fear and being selfish and all kinds of other things that actually keep us from stepping out. But probably one of the biggest problems we have is we get comfortable in our lives. And maybe when we were first saved, it was easy for us to step out and give things away. So this morning, I'm just actually going to uh, hopefully start addressing some of the fears that actually keep us from stepping out. I'm kind of actually putting the ball on the little t-ball stand, so then when Randy comes back, he'll be able to go crack, you know, and the ball will just soar, okay? All right, you guys are still waking up, aren't you? All right, no problem. Thank you, Steve. All right, well... Um, for me, it's actually helpful uh, to have a time and place in mind for me to actually psych myself up to give away God's love and power. You know, now some of you probably do that every day. You're like, I wake up this morning, I know that the vision statement, the mission statement of Vineyard Community Church is to experience God's love and power and give it away to the world. So you're thinking, I'm going to 7-Eleven, I'm going to go to Village Pantry, I'm going to go to Meyer, and I'm just going to look for people to give that love and power away to. Now, if you're doing that, that's awesome. For me, I actually do better when I have a, a forced time and a forced place to do it. What I started doing, uh, I think it's probably 1995, is uh, I was at a church. Trish and I were the senior pastors there. And we didn't have an evangelist in the whole congregation. They were all very loving people. Um, and they would, if I could get 
someone who was saved, I mean, actually get someone saved and get them to that sweet group of people, they would be loved into the kingdom and they would be discipled. But they were terrified of actually stepping out and doing anything. So I started going to the bars uh, every Tuesday night. And I just told them, I said, I'm not going to get plastered. I'm going to go to the bars every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 and just give that time to the Lord and actually sit at the bar, get to know the bartender, get to know whoever is there, um, and basically start giving away whatever, you know, whoever is maybe interested. Something I learned in Luke 10 and Matthew 10, when Jesus sent out the disciples, uh, he basically said, I'm going to send you out, and here's what I want you to do. Look for a man of peace. And if you find a man of peace, then hang out with that person. And then disciple that person and disciple the whole household. Well, when I first got saved, I thought I was supposed to go out and convert Satanists. You know, and people who were really hard and people that just really did not want anything to do with God. And I went, that's not what Jesus said. He said, look for people who are actually looking for me. Okay, so... What I would do is I'd sit at the bar, and I would just kind of listen to the conversations. I put a little one of those tiny straws in my Diet Coke, so they didn't know what I was drinking, you know. Um, all right, uh, so I would do that, uh, and then it's like if someone from church saw me, they'd say it's Diet Coke. I just have a little straw. Um, but anyway, I, I would sit there, and, and I could tell you lots of really cool stories. But one of the bars I went to. I got to know the bartender. It's true, the, guy, the bartender, bartender's name was Jose. And over, the, year, over the, mo- the months that I spent there, I found out that he and his girlfriend had been having problems for a long time. And uh, so much so that it looked like it was, it was almost over. But the problem, the thing that Jose was going to miss more than anything, is he loved his girlfriend's parents. And he's like, you know, more than her, I'm going to miss them. I said, I feel your pain. I said, and he said, and, and the worst thing is, is this week, um, uh, my girlfriend's dad's having a pretty serious surgery. I said, Jose, that's not good. Does he have anyone to pray for him? And he said, I don't know. They don't go to church. I said, well, give me the details. So he said, well, here's his name. He's going to be at Good Samaritan Hospital. The surgery is scheduled for Friday morning at 8 o'clock. And I'm like, okay, well, you don't think he would mind if I just showed up, would you? He goes, I don't think so. Just tell him I sent you. So I'm thinking, Jose the bartender sent me. (laughs) So I I go, uh, and I I make it there. um, And I walk in the door of the hospital room, and I introduce myself. And I said, you guys don't know me. Um, but I'm Jose's friend, and he really loves you, and I'm a Christian, and I heard you're having a pretty serious surgery, and I'd like to pray for you. Well, this guy and his wife were the sweetest people. They were retired Lutherans, meaning they hadn't gone to church for like 20 years, but they used to go (laughs) to the Lutheran church, Um, and they said, you know, we love Jesus and... uh, but we started chewing dogs about 20 years ago, so that meant we never got to go to church anymore. And I said, well, um, you know, God still loves you, and I think I'm here because he just wants you to know that. And I just wanted to come and pray for you. So the, the little guy in bed 
starts crying, but he actually takes his sheet and he flips them over and he scoots over like, get in bed with me and pray for me. So I'm like, I'm up for that. So I climb in bed with him, pull the sheet over me because I'm thinking, you know, let's be legit here. And I put my arm around him and I prayed for him. And then I, uh, then I stayed with he and uh, actually stayed with his wife. We went down and got something delicious in the cafeteria. And, uh, and he came through the surgery just fine. And I don't know what happened to him from that point on. But, you know, I just stepped out. You know, that all started just from just making myself available. And, and I can tell you just story after story after story of that kind of stuff where we actually just say, you know what? I'm just going to give this, I mean, I'm going to give this a little two hours a week to just to actually availing myself to actually giving this stuff away. Uh, Randy said, I've got to tell you this, the cheese blessing story. Have I told you guys the cheese blessing story? Well, I think Steve has, but um, I've told Steve. But when I was, um, another thing that he did much later, this is my most recent um, place that I would park myself. Um, in, uh, in Inglewood, Ohio, where we came from, there was this Kroger Marketplace, and, and it had all of these wonderful stores, and they actually had a Murray's Cheese Shop in uh, the Kroger Marketplace. And they had like all these wonderful cheese. It's from New York, and so everything from New York, of course, has got to be good. And so, not really. But uh, the cheese was amazing. And so every, you know, probably two or three times a week, I found myself going over and just sampling the different kind of cheese because they were very generous with their cheese. And I like cheese. And, uh, and I'm eating the cheese, and I'm kind of getting to know a lot of the people there. And, and I felt like one day I was there, and the Lord said, Barry, have you ever thought about blessing the cheese? Well, I said, no, I really haven't. That's like, that has not came to mind. And so he's like, you come here several times a week. You might as well bless the cheese. And so I said, okay. I've never had that kind of assignment before. So I said, well, how do I bless the cheese? And he goes, you'll figure it out. So what I did is I started showing up, and there was lots of cheese. So I kind of would do this. You know, I'd kind of like get a sample of the cheese with my other hand, though. I'd do this. Kind of until someone would kind of start walking up on me, and maybe Steve, I'd like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Good cheese. This is amazing cheese. Love Murray's Cheese Shop. Well, I did this uh, at least two or three times a week for, uh, and, and I'm still healthy. Um, well, anyway. Um, but. After, I can't remember how many months I'd been doing this, I walk up and I'm doing my cheese blessing thing. And uh, the manager says, are you praying for my cheese? I said, well, why do you ask? She said, there's just something about you. And I said, well, matter of fact, I'm, I am praying for your cheese. And I'm blessing your cheese. And I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for all these people, these wonderful people that work here. Because it's amazing um, how I just started just gaining favor. They were like single moms trying to raise their kids. And they'd tell me like all about what was going on in their kids' life and all the crazy things going on in their life. And I would just say, 
and I'll be praying for you. It's like, and so I would, you know, go in. How's Aiden today? It's like, is he getting over his fear of school? Like, yes, he's doing so much better. Thanks for asking. But the lady, the manager of the cheese shop said, here's what's, here's what's happening. She said, actually, the owner of Murray's, his daughter is actually coming to our store. And our numbers are doing really well for the region. Um, we're selling more cheese than anyone else in the region. And so much so that the manager's daughter, or the, guy, the owner's daughter of Murray's, said, I want you to go and see what's happening in Inglewood, Ohio, how this lady is actually managing the cheese shop and what she's doing, because whatever is happening there, I want that to kind of uh, happen at other places so other people will sell more of my cheese. And so she said, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, you know, one of the things I've learned over the years um, is you, know, you guys have, a lot of you guys have really tough jobs. Uh, some of you own your own, your own businesses. What I've learned is that we can be a tremendous blessing to each other just by praying that it goes well with you and praying it goes well for your boss in your workplaces, places that you would like to stay in business. Well, gee, why don't you think about showing up and blessing them? And uh, one of the things the congregational care pastor and I used to do at the other vineyard is we would go every week and we would just hang out with guys uh, from you know, from a church that actually either own businesses or they actually, um, or they actually worked in an influential place where they kind of gave an open door, and we would just stay and do Bible studies, pray for them, pray for uh, payroll, <laughs> see if we get anything prophetically to encourage them about their companies because that's where the kingdom is. It's where you guys are. And so uh, when you're a preacher and a pastor, you know, most of the time, you know, I'm spent hanging out with wonderful people like you, but I have to actually be like the Amway guy who actually uses the product because sometimes you can sell a product and not necessarily use it. And so that's what I found. It's, it's really uh, helpful for me, for me to do to actually find a time and a place to give it away. Well, so much for the testimony. I better actually do some kind of Bible teaching today, too. Um, is that good? Uh, the, the main scripture that, um, that Randy's using for the series, series is John 20, 21. Uh, As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, so send I you. Okay? Great stories, guys, are just waiting on the other side of our obedience. Because I've just learned that I just need to hear your stories. We need to hear each other's stories of how the gospel is impacting people's lives. Now, um, but we have this fear, and, I, and I've just mentioned it before, of stepping out. Uh, and, you know, and, and some of it is just because we're fearful, and sometimes we're just a little too comfortable. Now, all of us are surrounded by our comfortable routines. Those invisible barriers that make us feel cozy and secure. Our comfortable routines develop after we've done the same things the same way for a period of time. And unfortunately, they can make us feel comfortable, so comfortable we never want to change the way we do things. Maybe you're just kind of stuck in one of those holding patterns right now. I'm just saying, I'm here to inspire you to step out, okay? 
Sometimes it's easier to keep doing the same things over and over again than to make adjustments in our lives. Uh, two construction workers, in case you hadn't heard this, had taken a lunch break and opened their lunch boxes. One exclaimed, Oh no! Not peanut butter and jelly again. I can't believe it. I hate it. This is the third time this week I've had peanut butter and jelly. I can't stand it. The other guy replied, Why don't you ask your wife to make something different? To which he responded, I don't have a wife. I make these myself. <laughs> All right. There's a point. The fact of the matter is, most of the peanut butter and jelly in our lives, we put there ourselves. If we ever want our lives to be any different from the same old peanut butter and jelly we keep serving ourselves, then we must step out and break out of the routine. Go bless some cheese. <laughs> Go hang out at a bar. You know, do something you know, out of your routine. You know, just say, honey, I'm going to the bar tonight. I don't know when I'll be home. Yeah. Safe, comfortable routines aren't all bad. They make us feel secure. I'm not a, against security. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel secure. The problem is when we choose security over the plans and purposes God intends for us to have in our lives. If you want security at all costs, well, um, what you really want is to be in prison. You want security at all costs? Lock yourself up. In prison, the inmates don't have to make decisions. They don't have to worry about how much money they have. They don't have to worry about work or school or what to do or what to wear, especially where to go on Friday night. Gee, well, no. They don't have to worry about bills or house payments or where the next meal is coming from. That's the reason many prisoners commit crimes shortly after they've been released. They want the security they had in prison. That's the same danger we face. We can allow our comfortable routines to become our prison. Um, did you know much about crabs, guys? You know, When a crab grows, it breaks out of its hard shell and begins the process of forming a new one. Its lifespan is marked by the passing through successive shells. The crab grows when it is in between the shells. It will continue to grow as long as it dares to break out of its shell. However, when it stops breaking through shells, the crab ceases to grow and eventually dies. And the crab's last shell becomes the crab's coffin. Huh? I wonder today which comfortable routine will become our spiritual coffin. I want to shift our attention back to Peter. I told you I'd eventually get back to the Bible here. A guy who stepped out, and we can see from his example some practical ways we can break through the fear of our comfortable routines and start giving God's love and power away to the world. Number one, okay, first lesson from Peter in the stepping out of the boat. Very familiar scripture, very familiar passage. Number one, we break through our comfortable routines when we do something that makes us feel uncomfortable. Hmm. 
Here's how it works. If we ever want to receive some things we've never had before, we've got to do some things we've never done before. God places many of his blessings outside what makes us feel comfortable. Then he asks us to come and get it. This means we have to break through our warm fuzzies to receive the blessings of God. Peter was about to break through the security of his boat by stepping out of the boat and walking on water. Now, any scientist will tell you that water will not hold you up. But Peter forgot what he learned in science class and thought, if Jesus is walking on the water, then it's possible for me to do it too. And this time, the law of gravity would be suspended. But before Peter could walk on the water, he had to get out of the boat. He had to let go of his security for the insecurity of the water. And the same is true for us today. Number two, I only have three because you can't preach without three points, right? We break through our comfortable routines by refusing to listen to our fears. Fears, I'm not listening. Blah, blah, blah. A spy was, was captured and sentenced to death by a general in the Persian army. Before carrying out the sentence, the general gave the spy a strange choice. He told him he could have the choice of a firing squad or a big black door, just like Monty Hall. Okay? If you don't know Monty Hall, ask someone who went, mm, okay? After much deliberation, the spy chose the firing firing squad, and within a few moments, he was dead. The general turned to his aide and said, they always prefer the known to the unknown. The aide then asked the general, what's behind the black door? Freedom. Behind the black door is a passageway that leads outside, but only a few have been brave enough to see what was behind it. I mean, I read that and I was like, whoa, general, you're evil, but you're so cool, all right? Fear's that big black door that keeps us trapped inside our comfortable routines, and in order to be free from what imprisons us, we must be brave enough to open the door, all right? But let's get real. Most of us would have never stepped out of that boat, and I know why. Different fears will keep us in the boat, the fear of criticism, the fear of failure. Well, I don't really care so much about the fear of failure. I've failed so many times. You know, I'm kind of getting used to it. Uh, Proverbs 24:16 basically says, in my translation, even a good man falls a lot, as many as seven times, but he keeps getting up again. Fear of the unknown. You know, all this stuff. I'm like, just be gone, fears. It's like I'm going someplace. Number three. All right. We break through our comfortable routines by taking a step of faith. Now imagine Peter and the disciples huddled in the USS Comfort Zone or boat or whatever it was called. A storm was rocking their boat when Jesus walked toward them on the water. Now, sometimes you ever just felt like God's rocking your boat a little bit? Going, whoa, you know, seasick, a little uncomfortable. Why don't you get out of the boat? Stay in this boat. It's not going to be good. At first, they thought it was a ghost. Why? Because it's easier to believe a ghost can walk in water than, than a man. Now, don't miss this. Of all the things Peter could have requested of Jesus, and I thought about this, I've got an active imagination. I thought if I was Peter, I'd say, Jesus, 
let a bridge pop out of your belly. And actually, I could walk on the bridge and I could give you a hug. I think that would be cool. You got rivers of living water. Why not a bridge? Huh? Uh, or at least, uh, Jesus, can you make the sun come out so it at least it's not going to be dark and I won't have to step into the light to step into the light? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Why did he ask Jesus to command him to come to him? I'll tell you. Because in order to get out of the boat and break through his comfortable place, he had to hear a word from God. Romans ten seventeen. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The reason many people fail at breaking out of their comfortable routines is because they don't have a word from God to do it. And I'm here to give you that word and that permission from God to say, guys, it's time to just step out. And if you're already doing that, wonderful. Tell us your stories so that it'll encourage us to step out. Okay? I want to close this morning by showing you a clip from one of my favorite movies, Big Fish. Okay? The great message of this movie is that when you truly embrace, embrace your eternal destiny, your fears will diminish. When you truly embrace your eternal destiny, your fears will diminish. Edward Bloom is a storyteller. Most of his stories, which he swears are completely true, are fantastic and designed to teach a spiritual life lesson. In this clip, Edward tells about growing up in Ashton with a scary giant who lived in a cave by the river who would come into town. And eat the livestock. The townspeople wanted to avoid killing the giant. They asked for volunteers to step out and go and talk to the giant into becoming more cooperative. Edward was the only one willing to go. Let's watch this. knowledge of my own death, I knew the giant couldn't kill me. All the same, I preferred to keep my bones unbroken. Why are you here? So you can eat me. The town decided to send a human sacrifice, and I volunteered. My arms are a little stringy, but there's some good eating in my legs. I mean, I'd be tempted to eat them myself. So I guess, well... If you could just get it over with quick, because I'm not much for pain, really. 
can't go back. I'm a human sacrifice. If I go back, they'll think I'm a coward. I'd rather be dinner than a coward. Here. You can start with my hand. It'll be an appetizer. I don't want to eat you. I don't want to eat anybody. I just get so hungry. I'm just too big. Did you ever think that maybe you're not too big? But maybe this town is just too small? Now, I've heard in real cities they've got buildings so tall you can't even see the tops of them. Really? Uh, I wouldn't lie to you. And all-you-can-eat buffets? Now, you can eat a lot, can't you? I can. So why are you wasting your time in a small town? You're a big man. You should be in a big city. You're just trying to get me to leave, aren't you? What's your name, Giant? Carl. Well, mine's Edward. And truthfully, well, I do want you to leave, Carl. But I want to leave with you. I mean, you think this town is too small for you? Well, it's too small for a man of my ambition. So what do you say? Join me? Okay. Okay. Now, first, we got to get you ready for the city. You great clip. What I love about what I love about that is Edward was willing to face his fears because he had a proper sense of his true destiny. He says, "Armed with the foreknowledge of my own death, I knew the giant couldn't kill me." He says, because he truly believed he knew the future, he acted differently than anyone else in town. And, uh, you know, that's my challenge to all you guys. It's like, you know what, just, it's like God has a tremendous plan for each of your lives. There's probably been things that he's planted in your heart and prophetic promises he's given you and, and you're just not really experiencing them because fear and just, just kind of being too comfortable. So I'm just saying, step out. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll actually uh, move into a time of worship, and then uh, we'll have a time for you to respond uh, as you're just kind of letting the worship kind of marinate on you. Why don't you stand together, and we'll pray. Father, thank you for... God, just uh, incredible uh, stories that uh, are here and, and represented in each of us. Lord, each of us are here because uh, someone prayed for us, someone uh, stepped out of uh, their comfortable routine and uh, invited us uh, into a life with you, or they just loved us into the kingdom and uh, were willing to sacrifice for us. God, we ask that uh, you would um, uh, just... Continue the work of uh, getting us from where we are to where you want us to be. In Jesus' name.